0: Here's Pastor Steve Converse to introduce us to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. you know that no bird was ever created in the image of Christ? No bird
1: was ever made in the image of God? No bird was ever designed to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ throughout eternity? No bird was ever prepared a place in heaven in the Father's house. If God sustains the life of this little bird, don't you think he'll take care of you?
0: From Grace Bible Church in Redwood City, welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth. Our time together today returns us to our look at the antidote for anxiety. I would hazard to guess that many, if not most of us, suffer from some sort of anxiety, especially in this day and age when there's so much uncertainty around us. Yet God has a wonderful antidote for us, and it is an antidote that we'll look at together here today on the broadcast. Please join us and be encouraged to avoid anxiety. Here's the plan laid out before us with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse, and this edition of Graceful Truth.
1: Life is not contained solely in the body. Life is contained in the very nature of God. I live not because my body lives, but because God lives, He gives my body life to live. Life is more than the body. It's more than food. It's more than clothes. That's a hard sell in our society today. People don't get that. And he gives us here three reasons basically why we shouldn't worry. In verses 26 to 32 and then in verse 34. First one we want to look at. It's unnecessary worrying. Anxiety is unnecessary because of who your father is. Don't worry about the basics of life. What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. Because of your father. And I think a lot of believers today have forgotten who their father is. I remember when we were raising up Crystal and she was living with us at home. And and, and everything through junior high, grade school, junior high, high school. I can't remember ever. Her waking up going, what are we going to eat today? I don't have anything to wear. She said that, but like the same thing. (laughs) She had lots to wear. She just didn't, you know, I don't ever recall her saying, where are we going to be tonight? We don't have a roof over our head. She was never worried about her next meal. Why? Because kids don't worry about that, generally. They know they're going to have clothes. They know they're going to have food. They know they're going to have a bed, something to drink. Now, unfortunately, there are people, there are families in the world that don't have those things. But I'm talking about the majority here. That never even enters their mind. It's just expected. And as if human fathers, we provide for our kids in that way, how much more and how much more faithful is God to provide for us, his children? We don't even measure up to God at all in that level. We forget that, you know what, God includes things. This little story this past week and it speaks of not understanding the resources that we have that God has provided for us. There was this gentleman who he was in a mall one day and he read this pamphlet on cruises and he wanted to go on a cruise. He was poor, didn't have a lot of money, and so he took basically years of his life and lived without so that he could save enough money to go on a cruise. He just wanted to get on this big boat and go see all the sights with all the people. And he had to save his money. And eventually the day came when he could achieve his dream. And he walked into the travel agent and he bought his ticket for the cruise. And he got home and he realized, you know, I spent so much on this ticket. I don't have any money left for food. But at least I can go on this cruise and, you know, have a good time. And, and maybe the sights and everything. So he decided to take some peanut butter and a loaf of bread on the cruise with him and he gets on the boat and you know meal dinner bell rings and he runs to his his little bunkhouse there his room gets out the peanut butter and he's making his sandwiches because he didn't have any money to go buy the food and he did that for a couple days and he just couldn't take it anymore. he just got sick of eating peanut butter and bread and watching all these people just gorge themselves so he went up to one of the porters and he said you know how 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 do I get to eat I need to get some real food And the porter looked at him and said, well, do you have a ticket for the crew? And the gentleman said, well, yeah, I got a ticket. I'm here. Oh, well, all the food's included. See, sometimes, sometimes that's how we live our Christian life. We don't have to worry about some things. Food's included with your ticket. I mean, that kind of sounds humorous or it may sound sad, depending on your perspective. But that's how we live a lot of times. You can eat all you want. We're like the man in the story when it comes to understanding and living by God's grace. I mean, people in our society, we worry about everything. We worry about how we look, what we wear, how much money we have in the bank, rising cost of gas, falling stock prices. We worry about foreclosures. Are our children gonna turn out right? We worry about our health. We worry about whether our job will be eliminated due to downsizing. We worry about who we're gonna marry. We're gonna worry about, well, where our marriage last? We worry about all sorts of things. And all that worry, all that anxiety has a tendency to hit us in the area of health. It causes sleeplessness. It causes tension, headaches, irritability, high blood pressure, ulcers, heart disease, inability to relax. See, and what has happened is it's been so unfortunate because Christians have joined the ranks of those who worry and fret about everything. And it's okay. We have taken this cue from the world around us. It's closed in around us. And we just said, well, I guess this is what we do. We worry. We've allowed Satan to defeat us and cause us to stumble. And instead of trusting in the power and the provision and the protection and the providence of a sovereign God, we have grown used to basically just living anxiety-plagued lives. In James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. James makes it clearer about worry, about anxiety. He says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure, that war in your members? You lust, you do not have. You murder, you covet, you cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. See, As Christians, they fear and they hoard their finances. And the work of the church, the work of missionaries around the world, the work of evangelism in this world, it's hindered. Because we're so worried that one day we won't have anything. We've got to put everything in the storehouse. And Jesus is saying, hey, you shouldn't be worrying about those kind of things. I promise to take care of you. Either you take me at at, at my word or you don't. He gives us three illustrations here in, in our text. The first one is food. (laughs) <laughs> one is from food, one deals with our future, and one deals with fashion or clothes. He says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Can't you see Jesus teaching up on the hills outside Galilee there? And, and you know that area is known to be kind of a crossing point for my, the migration of birds. And so maybe some birds flew over, and he says, huh, look at the birds of the air. I mean, that's how Jesus taught. And he probably saw a flock of birds going by. And he said, you know what? I mean, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns. Every bird that lives in this world lives because God gave it life. And when God gives birds life, he doesn't say, okay, I gave you life, the rest is up to you. <laughs> You've got to figure out how to continue to live. He doesn't do that. Birds don't get together and say, hey, we've got to come up with a strategy. We've got to come up with a plan to keep ourselves alive. Birds don't do that. Birds have no self-consciousness, they have no cognitive process, they have no ability to reason, but God has planted something within birds, something called instinct, so that they have this divine capacity to find whatever is necessary to live. And so God doesn't just create life, he sustains life. In Job 38:41, it says, Who provides food for the raven when its young ones cry out to God? In other words, The little birds actually look to God, the creator, for their food. It's God, the creator, who gave the mother the instinct to bring the food. It's God, the creator, who gave the mother the instinct to build the nest and to migrate to the new area at the exact precise time. Psalm 147, verse 9 says, To the young ravens which cry out, he gives food. See, God feeds the birds through the process of their own instinct, which the Bible calls that crying out to God. That's the way he's created them. That's the way he's geared them. So if God is going to take care of some irrational bird who cries out to him through their instinct, don't you think God will take care of his own children? That's his point. And that's what he points out. He says, are you much better than they? Aren't you much better than they? Arthur Pink wrote this. He said, here we may see how the irrational creatures made subject to vanity by the sin of man come nearer to their first estate and better observe the order of nature in their creation than man does for they seek only for that which god has provided for them and when they receive it they are content this solemnly demonstrates that man is more corrupt than all other creatures more vile and base than even the brute beasts god takes care of the birds And what Jesus' point is, don't you think he was going to take care of you if you're his child, if he created you in his image? He says there, they neither sow nor reap. They don't gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Now some of you may be saying, oh, that must mean that I just go home and kick back in the lounge chair and (laughs) open my mouth and worms are going to drop in from heaven. No, I've never seen it rain worms. This doesn't happen. God feeds birds through their instincts. He gives them the ability to go out and, and find what they need to eat. This isn't an excuse for laziness or idleness. They're busy searching. They're gobbling up insects and worms and all sorts of things. Are you hungry yet? Okay. They they catch their young and they or they you know they show their young. They care for their young. They teach them how to fly. They do all that. It's all based on instinct. They never overdo it. They never sit around going, hey, "You know, are you getting tired of this 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 little?" Uh, Nest we got here, I think we need to expand. We need to upgrade. They never say, I'm going to store more worms. (laughs) They never say to themselves, eat, drink, be merry. (laughs) See, within the framework of God's design for them, they never overindulge themselves. Birds only get fat when people feed them too much, when they're put in cages. See, we're the ones that have the tendency to continually stockpile and hoard things. Birds don't worry about where they're going to find the food. They just fly and they find it. God provides it. Birds have no reason to worry. So if they don't, what are we worrying for? Are you not much more valuable than them? That's what he says. Do you know that no bird was ever created in the image of Christ? No bird was ever made in the image of God. No bird was ever designed to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ throughout eternity. No bird was ever prepared a place in heaven in the Father's house. If God sustains the life of this little bird, don't you think he'll take care of you? That's what he's saying. Life is a gift from God. If God gives you the greater gift, which is life, don't you think he will give you the lesser gift, which is just being sustained by food? So don't worry about it. Martin Luther said, God wants nothing to do with the lazy, gluttonous bellies who are neither concerned nor busy. They act as if they had to sit and wait for him to drop a roasted goose into their mouth. See, God gives us life, and he gives us the ability to sustain it. He provides for us, and sometimes that's through effort. We need to work. That's just what we do. People say, well, why are there so many starving people in the world? Well, in a lot of those countries, they have such a mixed-up religion, they won't eat the food that God's given them because of their own religious beliefs. They believe they're idols, or they believe they're reincarnate, whatever, grandmother, whatever it is, and so they won't, they won't eat certain things. Okay, It's sad in a way. So you have some of these... Countries with 35, 40, 50% of their food source is off limits due to their pagan beliefs that somehow rats are holy or cows are holy or whatever. There's plenty of food and God will provide as we're faithful to believe his word. So you should never worry about food. He uses that illustration. He covers it very clearly. Secondly, verse 27, he says, which of you can, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, you shouldn't worry about your future either. A cubit basically is a distance from your elbow to the tip of your finger, usually about 18 inches. Now look at what he's saying. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Now, do you think he means literally adding 18 inches to your height? No, not talking about that. It's kind of a poor translation for that word stature. It really has the idea of the span of life. It really has the idea, what he's saying is, which of you, by worrying, can add one day to your life? Talking about the length of your life. That's what he's talking about, not the height of your body. Not only will you not lengthen your life by worrying, most likely you'll probably shorten it <laughs> because of the physical implications. I mean, we, we live in a day when people are just in a, in a uh, craze to lengthen their life. There's, there's people that want to just continue to live. I mean, we all want to live as long as, as God gives us. But, I mean, we're so wacky about vitamins and health spas and exercise and all this stuff. And it's like we've taken the human body and we've turned it into this idol. Now, should we take care of our bodies? Definitely. Should we eat healthy? Sure. But the word of God clearly tells us that God has determined the times of not only the nations, but our lives. He's already determined that. He's designed how long you're going to live. Am I saying that exercise is useless or it's wrong? No, obviously. we, Like I said, I mean, I think we stay in shape and, and hopefully it helps us work better. It helps us think better. It helps us live a more fuller life, you might say. But don't kid yourself. Just because you're going to the gym seven days a week for a couple hours, that you think somehow you're going to squeeze one more day out of God than what he's allotted for you to live. It doesn't work that way. See people that pass away all the time. Oh, they're marathon runner you know all this stuff and you see people on the other thing it's like man they abuse their body to sick levels i think of my brother bob and you know we always joke as a family like i don't know how this guy is continuing another day i finally caught up with him but i mean i mean asked my wife you know he'd come and visit and you know he'd be in the in the in the bed before bedtime you know eating candy and all sorts of things ice cream and you know, just, I mean, he just didn't eat good food. But you know what? Just because he did that didn't mean he died earlier than what God has allotted. We don't want to die. We want to live longer and longer and longer and longer. That's kind of what is in our system. And so then we tend to worry about things like that. And we have to stop and say, you know what? God already has the day I'm going to die. He has the time. He has the way. He has everything. So we just need to work it out day by day. And live each day to the fullest. Use for his glory. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic said, Worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system. I have never known a man, I like this, to die of overwork. But many have died of worry. See, you, can't, you can worry yourself to death. But you can never worry yourself to life. And yet, that's what people try to do. Last week. I was telling Terry after the service that, you know, once in a while when I Sunday mornings, for whatever reason, I don't know, just physically, I get these kind <clears> of, <throat> call them panic attacks, or whatever they're called. I, I don't view them as that because I'm not really nervous about anything. but um, and, and he said, well, sometimes your heart just, it starts racing. And I said, yeah, that's what it feels like. And you start sweating and you feel like, you, you know, you get kind of dizzy sometimes and stuff. Well, that's how I felt all last week. And so I was telling him after the service, I said, I just felt really weird. And um, uh, you know, and he said, "Well, you know, I go to the doctor." And he says, "Well, you're anxious. You're it's anxiety about something." I said, "Well, I don't know, because I I I I truly don't worry about a lot of things. I mean, you can ask my wife. I usually sleep through the night, and you know, I'm just kind of, you know, I don't I don't worry about a lot of things. And so it's just something physiological in my body that causes to do that. But I know I can't imagine. Being worrying and worrying yourself sick. I mean, I have no control over that. But if I had control over it, I would stop it. The first point is worry is unnecessary because of who our Father is. He gives an illustration about food. He gives an illustration about future, about the length of life. And then the last thing he talks about, ladies, is clothes. Fashion. Okay? Um, There's a lot of people who just live for their clothes. That's all they live for. And that's what he says in verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? See if you were really poor in that day and age and you had didn't have proper resources, you know, you probably didn't have very nice clothes. But today, I mean people live for clothes. It's amazing to me. I remember before I was married the ladies in the church or at first baptist church hasn't always used she's make fun of me the way i dress or whatever on a sunday cause that, you know it was colorblind but, but you know so i remember this one dear lady mrs hobbs she goes you know we're going to go buy you some clothing we're going to take you to the clothing store so she took me over to mervyn's or wherever it was and and uh you know gave her some money and she goes well what do you want to? said i don't i don't really care buy whatever you think looks good whatever and it's just kind of funny because we get into this whole thing of, you know, we've made such a big deal. Now, I'm not saying look like, you know, come to church dressed in a sack. But on the other hand, you know, don't, don't over-prioritize it. Um, 1 Peter chapter 3 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel, but let it be the hidden person of the heart. Now, do we want to look our 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 best for the Lord and things like that? Yeah. Does that mean you have to wear a suit? No. Okay, it has nothing to do with that. You know, um, you're going to come here in a in you know little running shorts or whatever. Probably not. That wouldn't be appropriate. Okay. So we're not. You know, it's not talking about that. But what he's saying is, stop worrying about these things. It just is our total focus today. And he, he turns it over to the illustration of the flowers. He says, look at the lilies of the field. And this is just a general term, a general term for, for kind of field flowers, the ones you see growing alongside of the freeway. He says, you know what? They, they grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. You know, they don't, they don't hang out one day and say, Hey, today I'm, I'm red tomorrow. Maybe I'll be blue. You know, they, they don't care about that stuff. I mean, you know today that you can actually go to a person. And they will have you throw out a thing and interview you and say, "Okay, here's your color. This is what you should wear because this would bring out the your hair or whatever you don't have any hair, but the eyes or whatever it might be." I wonder what they do with, with bald guys. I don't know. That kind of the equation's thrown out the window, so I don't know. But you know, and, and all as Jesus is saying, you know what? Don't carry it to this level. Don't worry about it to that point of view, because he says, you know what? I mean, you can dress up yourself in the finest of clothes, and you don't even come close to what God did through His creation. Have you ever looked at a a flower? Have you ever had the opportunity to look at a rose petal under a microscope and see the structure and see the cells? I mean, it's amazing the color, and it's all God. That's what God did, and that's what He says. And yet, you you say that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. It's not about what you wear. It's not about what you have on. Don't worry about that. You know, one thing we need to to do, beloved, is stop this this anxiety, this this worry that we have. And the only way you can do it, it's not going home and saying, okay, he said I'd stop, I'm just going to stop. No, you can't do that. You have to stop because of your view of who God is. Either you believe God will care for you and he will fulfill his promise in your life, or you believe he won't. Either you're going to doubt him or you're going to believe him. If you believe him, then what Jesus is saying, what are you worrying about? Don't you think God knows the future? Don't you think God knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Don't you think God knows what it's going to take to get you through the next day? He does. And he'll give you the grace to do it if you trust him. But if you allow worry to paralyze you to the point where you're no good to anybody, what good is that? Just allowing the enemy to have his way in your life. And so Jesus says, you know what? Stop it. If you're worrying, stop it. If you're not worrying, don't start. Close with this little poem. It says this, Said the wildflower to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the wildflower, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Father, we pray this morning that you would teach us the lesson that you have before us dealing with worry. Father, that you would show us clearly in your word, and you have, that it's unnecessary because of who you are. You're our father. You're our heavenly father. You promise to care for us. You promise to meet our needs. Lord, there's not one thing that we're going to add to our life by worrying about something and yet it's so easy for us. We fall into it so many times. Lord, we need to stop. We need to call it for what it is, sin. We need to repent, and we need to turn our heart to you, and we need to to really trust you with whatever worries us, because Father, you do that work in our lives, and we thank you for it.
0: Well, you have been listening to Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. And it's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. And if not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at the Graceful Truth Program, give us a call. You can call us at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City at 650-366-9923. Questions, comments about the broadcast, maybe you'd like a copy on CD. Well, get a hold of us at 650-366-9923. We also rely upon our listeners as we continue the ministry. It is in part through your prayerful support that we're able to continue the ministry here on KFAX. So would you consider that as you contact us? Again, 650-366-9923. On the web, gracefultruth.org. And now, to close out our time together today, once again, our teacher and pastor. Here's Pastor Steve Converse. Thanks, Andy. I have a special announcement for the ladies in
2: our listening audience. We will be hosting a women's expository conference with special speaker, Colleen McFadden from the Simeon Trust on Friday and Saturday, May 5th and 6th. This conference will be beneficial for women who teach Bible study, Sunday school, or just enjoy studying God's word. Colleen is a very gifted teacher who will be sharing with our ladies the importance of expository principles in both Bible study and teaching. Breakfast and lunch will be provided, and there is a registration fee of just $60. The registration form can be downloaded from our website, gracebibleonline.org, and mailed in with your payment. Pre-registration is required, and we're encouraging the ladies to register early because seating will be limited. Once again, we will be hosting a Women's Expository Conference with Special Speaker Colleen McFadden from the Simeon Trust on Friday and Saturday, May 5th and 6th. You can check out our website for all the details and times and download the registration form today.
0: Thank you, Steve. And again, friend, we'd love to hear from you. So call us today, 650-366-9923 or write to us, 2225 Euclid Avenue, Redwood City, 94061 is our zip code. Until next time, God bless.